0: The Strip, with Walter and Bunny. Yes, it's that dynamic detective duo you know from True Vault Escapades, now taking on the glitz and glamour of New Vegas. Tonight's curious adventure, Dope Head Blues. It's morning at Walter and Bunny Investigations, and our detectives are counting stolen money from a recently
1: apprehended felon.
2: So that being the last thousand, that adds up to... what's the total, Bunny? Mm,
1: Hmm, 80,000. Wow, for a man in dirty rags for clothes and a wooden shack to live in, he sure was loaded. Why wouldn't he ever buy himself something new?
2: Well, you know how these criminals are. And play off like you haven't got any money, and you won't get robbed. But he was the one who was doing the robbing.
1: But he was playing off like he was a hobo. Walter, I'm sure he had better things to be doing with that money of his.
2: Oh, Bunny, that's the oldest trick in the book. Make yourself out to look like a beggar and reap more winnings for your big stash back home. It was a big confuser to folks back in their pre-war days.
1: But what was he planning on doing with all that NCR money, then?
2: Probably for something big. You never know what these swindlers can think of until it's thought.
1: Eighty thousand NCR dollars. Wow. Well, I'm sure Lieutenant Humphreys will enjoy this money back in the Army's pocket... Unless he'll break off a few Gs for us as a reward.
2: <laughs> Bunny.
1: I'm only kidding.
2: I'll get it. Oh, hello.
3: My name is Tessie Mayer, and I represent the Post-War Women's Book Club. Your business cards indicate you may have a woman working here?
2: Well, I... yes...
3: May I speak to her for a moment?
2: Well, she's a little busy counting money at the moment. Who
1: is it, Walter?
2: It's some lady representing some sort of book club. Excuse
3: my interruption, but the woman of the house can answer for herself.
2: What the... Uh, Hey, I'll have you know, I happen to be the one who keeps the lights on in this place.
1: Oh, Miss Bunny, that is your name, correct? Uh, yes. Now... What is this about a book club?
2: She says it's called the... Postwar
3: Women's Book Club, yes. I'm a personal representative of Miss Joan Welton, the founder and proprietor of our club. Surely you've heard her name in the wind a few times, at least.
1: I, uh, no, I don't think I have, sorry to say. Should I have?
3: Well, I'm only glad you now know. We're all about the preservation of old pre-war books for the sake of humanity. You can call us crazy, but the most important importance is on old literature. It can be more valuable than any of the gold you can find in the Sierra Madre. Oh, Miss Bunny, you are no stranger to books. I can tell. I can only imagine the library you must have had back in that vault of yours.
1: (gasps) But I absolutely adore books. Yes, I would love to join. We finished up wrapping up a big case just now anyway. This can be the perfect stress reliever.
3: Stupendous! We're so glad you can join us! And since you accepted, your name has now been entered into our annual raffle.
1: Oh my! A raffle? What for?
3: Well, you see, every anniversary of our club's founding, we reach out to any and all newcomers to our great city to add as new members. You happen to probably be the freshest face Joan has seen out here. And an investigator? Why, it would be a shame to decline such an honorable profession. As for the raffle, the winner gets to have a personal meeting with the big woman herself. You'll have a grand time, I guarantee it.
1: Oh my lord, this is exactly what I needed. Isn't this just amazing, Walter?
2: Hmm, I guess a bloody Mary in a book couldn't...
1: Excuse
3: me, this is a women's only book club. Now, if you want a drink, you can have it on your own time while you... What was it? Keep the lights on?
1: (laughs) It's okay, Walter, I'll be fine. He can still drop me off, right?
3: As a gentleman should. And you'll be taking me as well. I need to powder my nose. There's a vanity mirror in the front seat, correct?
2: Why, that little...
1: <laughs> Don't worry about me, Walter. I'm sure I'll have a grand time.
2: Bunny, that woman just invited you to a place I've never heard of before, and then invited herself into our automobile. Can you tell me what the heck is going on here?
1: Oh, stop your worrying. If there's one thing you taught me, it's that the wasteland is a dog-eat-dog world. Sometimes you've got to be a little pushy. And besides, the girls at the book club sound like my people. Is this the book club?
3: Only a little way out of New Vegas. Beautiful, though, isn't it? Used to be an old plantation house from hundreds of years ago. Hard to believe this little land was once lush, even in Nevada. (laughs) It's nothing a little paint can't fix.
2: And you're sure you didn't rent this place from some old viper gang? How in the heck did you ladies get your hands on this place? Can
3: all you talk is violence, Mr. Camry?
2: Only around you, ma'am.
3: Probably why you'll never be invited. (sighs) Let's go, Bunny. We have books to read and guests to mingle with.
1: Oh, I'll be doing more than mingling, Miss Tessie. When you get a hold of my collection by Dickens, I bet we'll be talking until we realize the sun's rising tomorrow. <laughs> <sighs>
3: Welcome to the post-war women's book club, Bunny.
1: This place is beautiful! More beautiful than I had imagined it.
3: Yes, the walls could use a new coat of paint, but we just had the floors waxed, so hopefully they can draw away any attention until we get that done. Other than that, this is it. And don't be intimidated by all these elegant dresses. You'll find that vault suit of yours to be catching more looks than an old mushroom cloud.
1: (laughs) You flatter me, Taffy.
3: Well, everyone here tends to wear the same old thing. Old preserved gowns and pre-war French imports.
1: French import? Why, where do you girls get your hands on such treasures?
3: Honey, with enough time under Joan, you'll be living like a woman should. Pampered like a doll, just without the porcelain skin. We need to maintain a certain strength if we're all to survive in conditions like these.
1: Amen to that. What's that?
3: Raffle time. Attention.
4: Attention, everyone. Yes. Yes. On behalf of myself and Miss Welton, we welcome you to the 16th annual raffle for the Post-War Women's Book Club.
1: Who's that? I thought there were no men allowed.
3: Oh, that's just Carlton. He caters for us. High-class gigolo. You know the deal. Uh,
4: As is our tradition, we gather here on this day, the anniversary of our humble organization's founding, and draw a name from our ballot box. The lucky winner gets the honor to meet our glorious founder, Miss Joan Welton. And before we get started, we extend a very warm welcome to our newest members who join us today. That's you. Now, let the raffle
3: begin.
1: (laughs) Wow, she sure sounds like a notable woman. I'm very proud of her setup.
3: She's a very busy woman. Notable, yes, but sometimes I wish she'd take a break every once in a while. The weight of such a preserved society can cause quite a lot of stress.
1: I can only imagine. Collecting so much knowledge for humanity would drive me to the verge of insanity if I hadn't any help. Shoot, I'd be fit to be tied.
3: You are preaching to the choir.
4: And the winner is... Miss Bunny of Walter and Bunny Investigations.
1: You won! Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I did! Ha <laughs> ha.
3: Where are you, Bonnie? Oh, stand up quickly. You mustn't miss this chance.
1: Oh, um, here I am.
4: Oh, a vault girl. And in a spotless suit.
3: And a private
4: investigator. Can the situation be more unique?
1: Oh, I'm just like everybody else. But my book collection begs to differ. Get ready for a lot of good reads.
3: Ha <laughs> ha, and a
4: sense of humor on this one. Well, come, come. You have a hostess to meet. Up the stairs now.
3: Oh, congratulations, Bunny.
1: Thanks, Tessie. Hi,
2: Walter. Dusty, come on in. Oh, and Blondie's not here right now. She's just accepted an invite from some rare woman's book club out in the desert. Book club? Why, there's nothing to read out here but burned out old novels and textbooks. So we might have thought. Apparently there's some sort of organization out there that collects enough literature to fill two libraries, or at least enough to fill that mansion of theirs. Mansion?
5: (laughs) Wow. And trust me when I say, all that woman did was stick her nose in some paper when she wasn't working. You
2: just may need to hire a new partner, Walter. That won't be necessary. Now do you remember why I called you here? About some information, right? A little something like that. Bunny tells me you have a keen eye for intel. I'd like to explore that with you. Oh, uh,
5: sure. I'm pretty good at remembering things, if that's what she means. I'm crap at the gun, but
2: sure, I'm smart. Good enough. I need a little insight on a clue from a case I was following while Bunny was gone. You think you can handle it? No promises, but yeah, I'll give it a shot. Is it what's on this tape on the table? Ah, ahead of me already. You may just be cut out for this. But first, I'm going to play and see what you think. Sure, go ahead.
0: I'm telling you, this is the last job I do for that witch. <laughs> Hell, lie, right. the pay not good enough for you. 1200 caps is a lot of money for a few mile trip. <laughs> yeah, a few mile trip on the most dangerous route in the Mojave. <laughs> remind me. You think I'm crazy, but need I remind you that there's no clean water on this route? There's bark scorpions up to the waist. We lost Vinny last week to that crazy guy with a spear. I can't take it anymore. Now, we blew oh. all one his chest after
4: he did so. Look, it's wartime, Andy, and wartime means work time. And that means more pay for us because the risks are higher. You want to run a caravan with a legion around and about? You've got a good deal coming.
0: Look, you can ramble on about the pay all you want, but what's the use of pay when you're dead, eh? Now nah, I'm going to get a job as a blackjack dealer. I, I can't keep coming out here in the open like
4: this. Fine, buddy. Your loss. More pay for me.
2: It was sent to me by the NCR's Lieutenant Humphreys, and it says he received it from Mick and Ralph's little shop in Freeside, just outside of New Vegas. We don't know who these people are or what exactly was happening at the end, but we assume the worst. Wow. It's like that man predicted what would happen, like he knew danger was coming, but
5: but why did the other guy shoot him, Walter? Oh? What makes you think the other man
2: did it? Well, you heard him. More pay for me. Good eye, but wrong. My hunch tells me that the two were ambushed just in the nick of time. But doesn't that make perfect sense
5: out here? Guy talks about bailing out of the caravan business, so his friend shoots him for the money.
2: Sounds like proper wasteland etiquette to me. Jeez, kid, we're not all that bad. But something you and Humphrey share is a little bit of gullibility. You see, in the detective game, there's often more than meets the eye. And just because it looks like your answers are laid out in front of you doesn't really mean you have them. Wow. Sounds like you have to do some digging. So, what do you do with your evidence, then? Fingerprints? DNA matching? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We don't have all that fancy vault stuff like you did. Nope. Sometimes you got to exhaust your intelligence and know your way around when it comes to solving crime. I don't know. Sounds like you're overanalyzing all of this. Just you wait. Any minute now, Lieutenant Humphreys is going to call me up and prove me right. It's just a matter of... Hello?
6: By golly, you were right, Walter. But a few feet away from the gate of Freesight! Two shallow unmarked graves with bodies as fresh as last week.
2: And what about the state of the bodies?
6: Or eight bullet wounds, the both of them. Now I'm sure you know by now how the townsfolk think of the NCR. I don't want no risks. I'm going to need you and Bunny to get down here right away. We'll lay out everything you need.
2: Bunny's out right now, Humphreys. But I'll be on my way with her friend from the vault, or that's no trouble. I'm teaching him the law of the land here. Oh, that's okay. But hurry it up, will you? Okay, Humphreys. You were right. More than you. I always am. Now come on, we're headed to Freeside.
4: Miss Welton, our new friend Bunny is here to see you. Send her in. Go on ahead,
3: Bunny. It's okay.
1: Um. Mm-hmm. Joan? I mean Miss Welton. Just
3: call me Joan. Mrs. Welton makes me sound old.
1: Well, Joan, you have a most wondrous setup. Never in my life would I think wasteland folk would be so interested in the wonders of reading. I I even brought a few.
3: Please, Bunny, join me on the balcony.
1: okay Wow, Joan, you're very beautiful.
3: Thank you, darling. If it's not the hair you speak of, it's the silk gown. I don't think I've taken it off since Carlton obtained it for me.
1: Well, sometimes I find the mind a little bit more attractive than anything. And you, Miss Joan, have a great mind.
3: Preservation this unique has to have quite the mind behind it, yes. And preservation of this caliber can only attract the gifted and highest of taste. Maybe it was because I didn't want to tangle with the Bruticus ruffians or bandits. Because how could someone with such a nature be into books, let alone reading? Sometimes I wonder if that's what protects us here. I hire guards, but few. Nobody ever bothers us otherwise.
1: Wow, what a great premise.
3: Tell me about yourself, darling. I'm sure it's been a rather tough struggle, you being from a vault. And a detective, hmm. Most of these self-entitled wenches I invite haven't an, an interesting story in the slightest. But you, you have potential. What could a woman from such a humble beginning be doing way out here?
1: Well, it's kind of a long story. The vault I'm from is in the Texas Commonwealth. I was born there, lived there for most of my life as security detail, and then came my detective promotion. I had to leave not too long ago, though. I'm still making the long and hard transition it takes to live out here. I guess I just came to my senses and decided it was best to serve my fellow man. Can't save the world cooped up in there, right?
3: Darling, I mean you, no offense, but the world has been saved the best it could from an atomic holocaust. You got armies, or shall I say militias, with obnoxious rules trying to overtake the Mojave. People living in shacks for homes, the threat of radioactive critters taking a limb or two before they take their leave. But perhaps it's not all hopeless. I mean, look at what I'm doing.
1: I, um, heard about your late husband. My deepest apologies.
3: Yes, he was another soul so tragically taken by the wasteland, like many of us. But in this case, we're fighting back.
1: How, Joan?
3: The same way any modern wastelander gets anything done. Taking up our own arms. Or paying someone to do it. My husband was another victim of New Vegas. He liked to gamble, played the tables while I ran the book club. With Lady Luck on his side and a few connections, he won fairly often. Produced a sharp income for our personal lives and for the book club. But then, something must have upset his good relations with most of Vegas' casinos. And he had no other choice but to step down to Freeside and gamble. What a slum. But he would never tell me why.
1: Are you sure he wasn't involved in any illegal businesses in the strip?
3: My husband? (laughs) He was a Welton darling, and Weltons never cheat. Which is why I kept his last name. He was the only man that could amount to me.
1: Then, how'd he die? The
3: question isn't why, it's who. Gambling at the Atomic Wrangler was my husband's only chance at the big money, so he did. Told him not to do what he did back in Vegas, see if he could try to get back in. But that was cut short. There's a gang over there, tough one, it's called the Kings. They murdered him in the streets one night. No real explanation as to why, but they did.
1: I'm... I'm so sorry. Uh, are you sure it was the Kings?
3: positive. I have men on the inside, and we know the Garrett family, the ones that own the Wrangler, eyewitnesses and such. The King's had it out for my husband, and the details aren't clear. But in short, that's what all this book money is going to. Someone to take care of that grease ball and make sure my husband didn't die in vain.
1: Killing? I... I mean, I'm not saying I blame you for doing this to your husband, but-
3: This isn't just for me, it's for the people of Freeside, and for anybody planning on coming into this town. I... I don't want what happened to my husband to happen to anyone else. No, I don't know what those kings want, or why they shot him, but rumor is they're a highly respected gang where they operate, and I'm not asking for melee. I just want to cut the head off the snake here. That's it.
1: I understand. Though, is this... Is this why you called me up here? Was this meeting not about books, too?
3: Oh, no, no, darling. I really adore pre-war literature, and the raffle was fairly played. I just... What was that?
1: Stay right there. Let me see. Oh, my gosh! What is it? Oh! There's some men shooting up the place. They're
3: coming for me.
1: They want my blood. Joan, get down. They're pointing it right at you. Oh, no! Sweet Lord, if we want to live, we have to get out of here right now.
3: Oh, no, oh, no. The only way to go out is downstairs, and that's where... No, there's not. What do you mean?
1: Only way down without hopefully killing ourselves is over the balcony.
3: But I... No! That's far too high.
1: What do you want, a broken ankle or a bullet?
3: That's two stories high.
1: Take my arm, Joan. (laughs) Hang on, Joan.
2: Ah, you came through, Lieutenant. That's a distressed poster, all right. And are those...? Yep, the two poor stiffs we heard on the holotape back there. Whew! they smell worse than they look. I think that's where you'll find the divide between reporting on the situation and actually seeing it. Have you seen a dead body before, Dusty? Well, sure, I, um, I mean, in a
5: sense, I once saw Bunny light fire to a whole angry mob one time, and, oh, just before
2: that, she shot some vault guard dead in the face. Well, that's definitely something. Though I will advise, if you ever want to get in on the detective business, and get used to it as fast as you can. I believe in honest work, but I think the reporting game is more of my forte. Fair enough. Now let's see what we got here. Looks like they'd both taken at least ten bullets. Good catch. And both of these fellas have been picked clean, and pockets are empty, and the pack brahmin's gone. This was a good hit, but a waste of ammo. A quick double tap on both men could have done the trick. So do you think it was... You know... Legion? Nah, not this close to town. Although if they've grown the courage to push this close to New Vegas, we might just have a bigger situation on our hands than we already think. I won't keep the possibility on file, but I'll remember it. Hmm... I bet you a Nickel, some up-and-coming gangster, wanted to make a name for himself by killing these two and robbing them. Some young buck trying to fit in with the grid around here. Would that explain the multitude of fire used here? Maybe. But one thing's for sure, this was no professional killer, and this man is probably halfway to Timbuktu by now. Well, that's all she wrote for this chapter.
5: Where do we go from here?
2: Well, if you're willing to join me, I have a certain blonde-headed bookworm to attend to. I told her I'd pick her up pretty soon. (laughs) I can't believe a thousand
5: miles later, that girl can still find something as prestigious as a book club.
2: Well, you'd be surprised what you can find out here in the wasteland these days. Though I don't see the fun in flipping through pages of burned paper and ash.
5: I don't think I've ever seen a building this refurbished since... Well, I don't think I have seen a building this refurbished.
2: It's an old plantation house of some kind that was spared the bombs. Even though the members of the book club seem pretty snooty, I'm glad it wasn't converted into some slave pen or a chem house or something. Perhaps humanity is getting back on track. (laughs) I sure hope so. Let's see what this place looks like. Oh, gosh. Good Lord, look at this place. Jeez. Look at all the bodies. Looks like there was a darn massacre at this place. And the gunpowder smells fresh, too. Take out your gun. Sweep the area and check for survivors. I'm going to do the same. Gotcha. Look at this place. I didn't see it before, but I know it didn't look like this. This looks like something right out of a pre-war horror picture. <sighs> Hello? Hello? Is anyone left alive in here? Hello? Bunny? Bunny, can you hear me? Hmm... Who's that? Hello? Is that... Tessie? Tessie, Hello? are you alive? Tessie. Tessie, it's me. Walter. What happened? Wa- Walter? Yes, Tessie, it's me. I brought you and Bunny, remember? I need to know what happened here. Who did the shooting? Where's Bunny?
3: <coughs> evil-looking men. Uh... <coughs> All of them with... With long dark dusters.
2: Uh, who were they, Tassie? Who
3: were they? <coughs> Classless monsters. <coughs> All
2: of them. Did they say anything? Who were they, Tassie? Tassie? Uh, Tassie. <sighs> She's gone. Uh, Walter? What did you find, Dusty? Nothing
5: but more dead people. None of them, Bunny looks like they were just... slaughtered. Each and every last one of them. And it looks like it was done very quickly
2: and violently. You think this one could have been the Legion? (sighs) Might be. But with what I know about the Legion, they take at least a few. Especially the women. Whoever did this just wanted the book club and everyone in it dead. This girl's name was Tessie. She just passed. But she was able to tell me about the attackers before she did. What did she say? Well, taller men wearing dark colored dusters. Sounds like some
5: form of NCR.
2: Yeah, but one form of NCR would do something like this.
5: <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, look, we can't make a call to the lieutenant
2: in here by phone, but we could just find ourselves a ham radio. No need. I've got a radio in the car we can use. Let's just hope we can get a hold of him. Best bet he's still in his office, sorting out what he can from the last case. Come on, then. Let's head out. You don't have to tell me twice.
3: If you wanted us to live, you wouldn't have ran us between two cliff sides.
1: Well, what do you want? That guy to get a straight shot at us or a little challenge? Joan, get up. Get up.
3: It's no use. I can't. I can't go any
1: further. I'm not leaving you here. Leave us alone. Now get up, Joan. This is our chance. (sighs) He's getting up. Go, go, go. He's got the high ground. We're not going to make it. Just duck and run. Duck! Duck! Duck!
3: What was... Was that the last of him?
1: I... I think so. I think so.
3: My... my word. What do these kings want with me? And why did they destroy my house? Oh, funny, why? I...
1: I don't know, but they seem to want you dead more than anybody. You think this could involve your husband? Well, I... it can't, but it... it has to be. I... I mean, it's if they knew I was his widow. You think the kings knew you were plotting to kill their leader? No, no. There's no way. Dang it, Joan, if you had just called me and Walter, we could have squeezed Freeside for all it's worth. Then we could have surely found information dirty enough to pin that man and his organization in the brig. Tessie said you had our office and file for a while now. Why didn't you just get in
3: touch? The wheels were already turning by the time I even heard of the W.B. investigations. There was nothing I could do.
1: Joan, I can't reach into the past and change your decision. But you do realize that what you were planning on doing with that donation money probably just killed everyone you invited to that gathering besides me, right?
3: They, they knew the wrist just as well as I. They're just as familiar with the King's gang as I am. I, I can only hope they made it out okay... Oh, that screaming.
1: I'll believe that for the time being, but what we need to do is sort this mess out before it gets any worse.
3: I've never been this far behind my home, though the Lucky 38 was always visible from the west, I think. C- can you see it? Good plan. Well? What do you see?
1: Well, you were right about the tower being westward, but we sure ran a longer way from the city than I had thought. Hmm...
3: What do you suggest?
1: I suggest a straight shot to Freeside, Westgate.
3: But Freeside
1: is the heart of the kings! I've got us covered when it comes to firepower. Here's hoping we don't get noticed. But my hypothesis says we'd make it fine to the new Vegas gate. Once we get past those two Securitrons, nobody will have the gulls touch us. I...
3: I suppose you're right. Maybe we can sort this out with some safety and a martini or two. I... I can't stand the violence. Not anymore. But... but I don't have any passes into the city.
1: I... I have
3: all my money back at the plantation. Oh, oh, Lord, what am I to do?
1: Relax. I'm deputized by Mr. House. If I tell security you're crucial to the case, they'll let you in.
3: You know Mr. House? You mean you've met him?
1: (laughs) Yeah. A little different in the flesh, but a decent fellow, if anything. Wasn't allowed to enter the front gate like a big shot, but we surely met the man. So, shall we?
3: Day by day, this place still amazes me, but yes... Let's.
5: So, what does your gut
2: tell you, Walter? Is Bunny all right? Well, Dusty, my gut says it's 50-50. If Bunny made it out of this after the smoke cleared, I wouldn't call it a miracle. But even if she did perish, I know 100% percent she put up a good fight. But my only question is, who and why? Ugh, this is my fifth cigarette already. If she's dead, she's dead. But don't leave me in suspense. Endlessly searching for the poor dame would kill me faster than any bullet could. Well, with the way the NCR likes to assert themselves as the saviors of the wasteland,
5: I bet you they'd find a way to give you our answer. They don't like suspense either, Walter.
2: <laughs> They'll be your saviors after you pay a tax or two. Ah, here's Humphreys.
6: Well, you two, I guess you might be wondering what in San hill I placed in front of you.
2: A chest. And if I'm not wrong, that's a body bag. That's not who we think it is, right?
6: No, boys, this is quite the opposite. Privates, get back in there and search for any more survivors.
2: Tell it to us straight, Lieutenant. Can you clear the air for us?
6: I'll do my best. Okay, you two, for starters, money was not found among the dead. So you can take that weight off your shoulders for now. And with the information you provided us... This definitely seemed like the exact opposite place where a senseless killing would take place, for the most part.
5: You thinking it was raiders, Lieutenant?
2: Fits the description enough.
6: It's what we expected at first, but that was until we found this fella dead in the kitchen with his throat slit.
2: One of our men? (laughs) Doesn't
5: look like a common raider.
6: That's because he's not. But yes, he was a shooter. Found him next to his fancy lever-action rifle with one of the guards that worked at this place. Killed each other at the same time. He was the only one of his kind with...
2: A black duster... Great Scott. That's one of the men Tessie told me about right before she passed. Now I see what she meant. Who who is
6: that, Walter? That's not who he is, boy. That's what he was.
2: A regulator. One of the Wasteland's top-rated cleanup crews. You got some baddies that need killing by the plenty? You call them. No one really knows where they congregate, but they have offices all around the nation, as far as I know. What business they have in a place like this is beyond me.
5: So, they're mercenaries?
2: Eh, uh, not exactly. They do the mercenary work, but it's not for the pay entirely. These regulators are specific characters. Whoever they got sent to kill has to be someone with a reputation so dastardly that even a legionnaire would sneer at them.
6: Exactly, Walter. They were going out to take care of a contract with someone in that old house for sure. But the question is, why would everyone else have to perish? There are no signs of a blast of any kind. So an explosion isn't to blame here.
5: Well, look at it this way. Let's just say more than one person in there had to be taken out. The crowd dispersed when they obviously saw men with big guns enter the front door, and ultimately murder the guards. By that time, whoever had the price on their head got the memo, pulled out their own piece, and a shootout ensued, leaving us with this scene we got here.
2: Good observation, Dusty. That may be our most likely outcome. But what I want is a direct confrontation with their nearest offices. If we really want to get to the bottom of this, that's our next step.
6: I don't have direct contact with any of the regulators, but I can make a few calls to some people. Maybe they can point us in the right direction.
2: Good deal. And what about the second box you have with the body bag?
6: That we don't know yet. It has an airtight electronic lock, and using explosives on the darn thing would risk damaging whatever's inside. There was a stack of the stuff behind nearly every wardrobe in that place. Uh, maybe we can risk blowing up one, unless you have an electronic lockpick on you right now.
2: It can wait, Lieutenant. You go ahead and make those special calls. We need to take action and fast.
6: Understood, Walter. In the meantime, my boys will scour the area for that girl. They'll radio in with any updates they get.
2: Got gotcha. you. Let's get to work.
1: so
0: good. Hey, girls, you two need an escort?
1: Back off. Whoa,
0: whoa, okay, just don't shoot me.
1: Get out of here now, and maybe you'll live to see your next hit of jet. Go.
3: Ah, okay, okay, I'm out. Ah! Good getting the drop on that filthy ghoul.
1: Next time we may not be so lucky. You know your way around here, Jones. The more I know, the better.
3: Honey, every corner of this place is skid row. But judging by the last time I was here, we can get a step further, catching less eyes by cutting around the gate that leads to the New Vegas doors. We may just have to crawl through some old junk and rubble to do it.
1: In that case, I hope you have a tetanus shot at the ready. We're going to do some dumpster diving.
3: Oh, Bunny, please. I was only being dramatic.
1: Too late, Joan. I'm getting you to safety. And if getting a little dirty can save your life, I'm doing it.
3: Can't a girl run a simple book club without getting shot at!
6: Mr. Camry, Mr. Camry! It's been darn near an hour, and I can't sit by this radio and stuff myself on fancy lad stack cakes all day. Did you find something or not?
5: For goodness sakes, Lieutenant, this has been like the eighth time you've called, and I've had to put up with your disgusting smacking all day.
6: Watch your tongue, boy. You're speaking to a lieutenant of the NCR.
5: You didn't even call this car by code name.
6: I call it by code name when someone of worth is sitting in the car. Stand in line, boy! Oh,
5: what? You wanna go? Are
6: you threatening to viciously assault a decorated member of the new California Republic, son?
5: Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I guess I take that back. I'm not down with elderly abuse anyway. That's it. Look, Walter's on his way back from the office now. Just keep your shirt on.
6: Oh, kids these days.
2: I'm back, Lieutenant. The regulators just filled me in on the situation. They were very clear about it, but some details remain a little blurred.
6: Walter, you sure have a loudmouthed assistant there.
2: We have no time for bickering, Humphreys. Now tell me what all you found on your end.
6: Oh, all right. Look, we didn't find anything more but those darn boxes at the plantation house. But some good news from the area. My troops returned back with the regulator, and he's still alive.
2: You're kidding. That's excellent news.
6: The boys come back and tell me they found him all alone out there atop a cliffside with a bullet in his leg. It was a low caliber. They says he was bleeding all over the place.
2: Great Scott, well, that means someone was having an exchange with him. You think it could have been Bunny? What all did he say?
6: Nothing but mindless blubbering, Walter. The man's suffering from a mix of blood loss and heat stroke. But if we can restore him quick enough, we'll press him for answers immediately.
2: Good, Humphreys. Keep me posted while you can. I'm headed out towards the city.
6: And why is that, Walter?
2: Well, your report just now confirms the direction I need to go. But
6: but didn't the regulator people tell you where to go? You just talked to them, didn't you?
2: Yes, but as I said, some of the lines were blurred in the name of classification. But they did tell me that two of their agents went missing in action... That had to be the boys we found in and around the old plantation house. And now you're telling me you found one on the cliffside behind the house, correct? Uh, yes, that's right. Then that confirms it. The backside of that location was facing towards the city. And just a few paces outward, you found our friend with a bullet in his leg. Whoever was shooting at him had to be running out that way.
6: Then what the heck are you wanting us to do while you head out to the lights? I need to do something more than douse water down some man's throat with his foot in the grave.
2: Don't worry. If you can have your boys handle the regulator, I can use you there, too. But you better come prepared with some men that can handle themselves in a fight. What,
6: you expecting some sort of showdown?
2: Hopefully it won't have to come to that, but just be ready in case one pops off. Good
6: man, I could use some action. Where shall we meet?
2: Outside of Freeside's east gate, if you can.
6: Consider me there.
2: All right, Lieutenant. I'll see you there. That sounds
5: serious. Should I, you know, be driven home?
2: What? No, not unless you want to. Uh, what, you got pre-standoff jitters? Everyone gets them at some point. No, no,
5: just didn't want to be dead weight on you and the soldiers over there.
2: Nonsense. You're tagging along. I'll even stock you up with a sniper rifle we have in the trunk. <laughs> wow, that's that's great. <laughs> Whew. We're all set, then. Let's head out.
5: Wait, wait, what in the heck is actually going down
2: I'll tell you when it's all said and done, Dusty. But for now, I want you to carefully follow these instructions. Alright, sure. Lay it on me. So here's the plan. There's going to be a whole lot of guys and a whole lot of guns. Now what I need for you to do.
3: Miss Bunny, that was absolutely and utterly disgusting. If I actually do have to jam a tetanus shot in my arm, I'll be sending you the bill.
1: What, a little garbage too much for you?
3: Honey, I host a book club in a post-apocalyptic wasteland with elegant gowns and radiation-free food. That being said, I think my limit is a... a drop of dirty water.
1: Well, welcome to Freeside. More garbage here than a DC Metro.
3: Bunny, do you see that?
1: Looks like a gang of thugs, no doubt. That's what we get for choosing a back alley to wander through.
3: Oh, Bunny, I'm scared.
1: And we can't take them together. Not that many. We need to think quick.
3: Oh, no, they have an arsenal with them. Bunny, to the right,
1: there's a door. Hug the wall. Keep out of sight and close to me. I'm going to go see if it's unlocked.
3: It doesn't take that long to open a stupid door.
1: (sighs) That's because it's locked.
3: Um, um... Oh, buddy, they're getting closer. Hurry up and come up with something now!
1: Uh, it's locked tight, but I may have a solution. What? What is it? Bobby pins. Do you have any on you?
3: Oh, no, I... I don't think so. Oh...
1: I can hear their footsteps.
3: Hello? Hello? There are bad men coming and I can't get in. Hello?
6: Joan, please, they'll hear you.
3: Help! Please, oh, sweet Lord, help!
6: Joan, no! Hey. What's with all the friggin' knocking? Ah, I see you. You two must be lost. New floozies are supposed to knock at the front entrance, not the back. I don't know how they did things over at the Atomic Wrangler. This is a classy joint, eh? Are you... are you going to let us in? You here to see the big man? (gasps) Yes! In that case, come on in. Don't let this mistake happen again, you understand? Yes, we understand. Right this way, then. The boss ain't too specific about his fruits; they darn well better be ripe. Right. Not too skinny like a chem addict. Not too fat like some overfed high roller at the ultra lux. Okay, well, he's specific. but ain't hard to tell what he likes. Joan, where are we?
3: I'm trying to remember. Oh, don't quote me on this, but I, I think this used to be some old theater type building. Not sure who the men are though.
1: Well, whoever they are, they think we're some cheap working girls.
3: Is that what he meant? The audacity of some men? I'm not some used-up trash from the
1: streets. Keep your cool. Whoever they are, or what they think we are, they saved us from getting spotted by those gangsters. Trust me, they would have had worse ideas in mind for us. But we can get into New Vegas this way. Look, whoever this greaseball is taking us to has to be a man of reason. If we can just explain to him what's happening, I'm sure he'll let us off the hook. Heck, he may even have his men escort us to the gate for protection. So, as I said, keep your cool, because as far as they know, we're the highest class hussies in town.
3: I hope you know what you're doing, because I can only be called a harlot for so long.
6: Big man's up this way, girls. Now, word of advice, smile and show some leg. I can't tell you how many times I had to drag some beat-up old excuse for a call girl out of here, solely because of how overconfident they can be. And boy, do they fight to get a spot with him.
3: Is, Is he a cruel man?
6: Huh? What my friend is trying to say here is
1: if the big man is a violent client. Our last suitor was a bit... masochistic.
6: Ah, that ain't cute, Missy. The man isn't a client. He's gonna be your boss up until the point he throws you out of bed. Here at HQ, you live a fast life. Never the occupation, you dig? Supplying and demand is a pre-war sentiment we can get behind. And is he violent? Eh, unless he want it that way. Just show the man respect, and you'll probably get it back. Here's the door.
3: Excellent. Can we see him now?
6: Hold on. Hmm. What's the problem? Oh, there ain't no problem. You sure are a looker, Blondie.
3: Oh, please let us in.
6: Oh, sure. I'll let you in. After I have a moment with your friend here.
1: (laughs) I mean you no disrespect, but we really need to see your boss.
6: I decide who sees the boss. So until then, come closer, sweetie. I, uh... Did I stutter, ma'am? I told you to come here. I, uh, sure. Well, here I am. Now, what is it? Oh, please don't hurt her. Fault suit, eh? Where are you from, missy? How about showing us some leg? Sir, I'm flattered, but I'm afraid I'm reserved for your box. Look at you holding out like you own the place. Well, how about this? You show me some leg, and I'll let you continue. If not... Then you'll be back serving the bags at the Atomic Wrangler. Come on, now. <sighs> Ugh, fine. Aw, oh, that ain't bad for a newbie. You got them showgirl legs. <laughs> All right, old pacer got his fill. You can come in.
3: Oh, thank heavens.
6: <laughs> have fun.
1: Sicko.
3: Oh, I have the right mind to go back and kick that man where it hurts.
1: Forget it. Forget it. He'll get his, I'm sure.
3: <gasps> Honey, what kind of abominable canine is that?
1: Well, I... I I don't know, Joan, but I think there's a casing around his head holding its... brain. Well, if that isn't the queerest thing I've seen in ages, and look, part of its body is cybernetic as well.
3: Well, get your gun out to scare it off. I don't trust it.
1: No, no, that probably belongs to the boss. It's domesticated, or else it would have attacked us by now.
3: Oh, that's sinister. If I have ever seen anything of the sort.
1: Um... Good boy. Nice doggy. Maybe we can... Hmm. Um, there, there, boy. We're peaceful. Please don't bite us.
3: Oh, Bunny, just aim and shook the darned thing. It's as rabid as a ghoul.
6: Oh, man, I thought I heard a couple of sweet things enter the room. Only wish it could have been under better circumstances. Rex, down, boy. You know these girls ain't here to hurt me or you. Shoo! you see them every day. Sorry about that. Rex means good, but his darn mind is going these days. So, you two the special talent from the Wrangler?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yes, we are.
6: Yeah, that's funny. Only heard about you guys before now. Wrangler usually only has half-baked hussies best for scratching a drifter's itch. But my boy Pacer kept on saying, Try the new girls! Try the new girls! All the townsfolk love 'em." love them! So I thought I'd make a fair trade with the Garrets if I decided to sample and like the new gals. So, the real question is, are you both worth 500 caps each?
1: Oh, honey, is that what we're worth to them? You'd be doing us justice if we were, say, 2,000 caps each.
6: Aw, uh, we'll see about that, sweetie. Mmm, a vault suit. Is that really yours? Or is that some sort of get-up for the thrills? <laughs>
1: All authentic.
6: <laughs> I find that hard to believe. Mmm, 54? I ain't never heard of that vault around these parts. And you there, what's your name? Ain't I seen you before?
1: Her name's K- Candy. Just Candy. Never mind her nervousness. She's very enthralled by your presence. Only heard of you over casino talk. She thinks very highly of you.
6: Come in. What is it, Pacer? Uh, I'm sorry about that, boss. We seem to have some guests at the door requesting to see you. Who? Oh, some gals of the night. They claim to work for the garrets. The garrets? But I'm with them right now. Send them packing. I ain't one for cheap hanger honors, But, boss, that's the problem. These are the girls I mentioned before. There's been some sort of mix-up. Must have slipped my mind that there were four of them, not two. Then hold the mm-hmm. phone. Who the hell are these two? <coughs> you, step forward and close the door. Joan, what are you doing? Give me my gun back. That crazy bride's got a gun. Put it down, woman. You don't know how to use that. Oh, you want to try me? Joan!
3: Pacer! Okay. It looks like this girl has to do everything herself.
6: You shot Pacer. Put down that gun. You have no idea who you're threatening, lady.
3: Oh, honey, it's quite the contrary compared to what you've done to me.
1: Joan, what's gotten into
6: you? We were so close to moving you out of this place. Hands in the air, both of you. Wait, I know you. I knew I recognized that face before.
3: I said hands in the air.
6: Best do what she says, sir. (sighs) Ugh. Fine.
3: Now back against the window. Now! Rex, stop, boy. She's got a piece. You better call off that Mutt King or he's gonna get it. Rex, down, boy. Stop. You're running out of time.
6: Rex, for God's sakes, she's gonna kill you. Joni, please. Too late.
3: Rex! Oh, be quiet. I just shot off his stupid little haunch.
6: I thought I told you to never show your face around these parts again, Joni. But here you are shooting my friend and my dog.
3: Don't you ever tell me
6: what Joan can or can't do. I'm capable of anything
3: and am twice as powerful as your stupid idiotic gang ever could be.
6: What? Wait, you're the king? Yeah, who the heck did you think it was? Now, unless this is somehow part of your talent routine, I'll have you know I'm all out of buzz. No, you stupid
3: man. It's always sex, drugs, and rock and roll with you kings. It's all the same reason. You, you, you had my husband shot and killed. And now that the shoe's on the other foot, oh, baby, I'm going to make you feel it.
1: Joan, I was here to save you, but here you are with a gun at my face. What else did I ever do but help you? You
3: really think I was so stupid that I was going to return to New Vegas and just live out my days without any retribution? You killed my husband, King. And now that you sent your men to the one other thing that held his memory, you're going to pay with your life this time.
6: What in the heck are you flapping your gums about, sister? I didn't do anything more than tell you to cut off your damn trade on my turf. But my husband! Your dumb husband got himself killed, all right. He got caught pickpocketing my men and robbing my cash. He had his chance in the King's, but he was just a bad thief. And bad thieves get shot. But he Heck, that poor guy was probably only following your orders while you sat all comfy in that mansion looking place of yours. As far as I know, we have no quarrel. Well, that was before you pulled this little stunt. Joan, please, listen to me. I have no clue what's going on
1: anymore, but all I'm asking is for you to lower the gap and calm down. It's the best we can do right now.
3: <sighs> calm down. Calm down. My man gets left in a pool of his own blood and left for the dirty commoners and the carry-on eaters by this man, and you want me to calm down?
1: Joan, please.
3: I, I can't keep you alive either. You're a copper, and for the house too. No... No, I need to do this quickly and dump your body in Lake Mead. Leave you for the lurks. And as for you, King, I'm leaving your brains on this here window for all your stupid boys to see as an example. Nobody messes with Joan Welton!
1: You've, you've lost your mind, Joan. If I had known, it was all a front.
6: You're just figuring this out, lady? Joanie's known around these parts, least as if a few years back. Crazy woman thinks she can create a criminal empire. All because she owns a nice house and has a lot of money. Only problem with her is that she ain't got no respect from nobody.
1: Oh, that's it. (gasps) Who is it? Please help us. We're in here. Shut up.
2: No need to shoot, lady. I'm only her driver.
1: Walter. Now, who the heck is this? I'm the one
3: with the gun. Now, you... Don't you try anything stupid, because I will shoot you.
2: Oh, I'm sure you will, Miss Joan. I heard all about you from your advertiser, Miss Tessie Mayer now deceased.
3: Tessie's dead? Not surprised with what this man's capable of. Stop right there. Not another step closer.
2: Don't worry. You'll get no arguments from me. Mr. King, I apologize for the confusion, but the blonde-headed bombshell standing right next to you is actually my partner, Bunny. We're the new detectives in town, and it looks like Miss Welton has gotten you two in quite the pickle here.
6: Hell, she just walked in and shot my dog, along with Pacer over there. It ain't like I ain't never had a gun drawn on me before. But she's making it mighty personal. I was made to believe these two were escorts.
1: We're not, King. Though little did I know that Joan was playing me for a sap.
3: Shut it, girl. You've been useful to me while you lasted, but you know too much, and so does your little detective friend. Each person that enters this room just adds to the body count.
2: You do have quite a violent streak, ma'am. And while we're speaking of body count, let's talk about that little incident over at the book club, shall we?
3: What's there to talk about? The King's men came in and they're dead, just like my poor old husband.
2: Oh, don't play off like you don't know. Those men weren't dressed much like Mr. King here or paced around the ground there, were they, Bunny?
1: Why? No. No, they weren't at all. They were all wearing long and dark jackets. Dusters, really.
2: Exactly. That's when we figured out they weren't Kings. They were regulators. Men come from the same cloth as mercenaries. But instead of any old contract for pay, they're sent for the worst of the worst. People like Joan.
3: Impossible! I saw them target my loyal book club members like animals.
2: That was because they were targets. And because each and every member of your book club were major players in your illegal chem caravan. Mr. House told you to back off or get a permit. But you did no such thing.
3: Why, you're lying.
2: Am I? Because if I'm not mistaken, those were nearly eight dozen locked boxes full of cams that you and every member of your club took part of stealing off of legal caravans that you had slaughtered.
1: She was a cam rotor? I wasn't!
2: But she was. And all of her loyal followers you met in that book club were raising money for more rackets. Those women of fine taste were really all just major links in Joanne's operation, each one of them involved in caravan attacks and even slavery. And they all got what they deserved, if you ask me.
6: That don't even surprise me with the way she sent that man around in her earlier days to risk his neck stealing money. Got him clipped. Now she's blaming me for everything wrong in the world.
3: My life has been ruined ever since you did what you did. (sighs) Then again, when you started picking off my caravans, you just put the icing on the cake. Can't leave my sorrow to my husband. Now you're attacking my businesses. That's not going to happen without a response.
2: Ma'am... When it comes to the things you've done, all responses should be directed towards you. And if you don't mind. Now, Dusty. Right.
6: Why, what? what the? John Wilton, you're hereby under arrest by the New California Republic for murder, the illegal distribution of recreational comms, extortion, and ten other things I don't really care wasting my breath on. Come out with your hands up. Oh, man, your buddy just called the soldier boys on us.
3: Stand still! Let me see out the window! Rats! Those are the men we saw in the alleyway! They knew I'd be here the whole time. Now, you, detective, back up against the wall with these two freaks. I want to make sure that your buddies at the Army see your head split apart on the back of that window.
2: Well, that's all fine, Joan. But what about after, hmm? You'll still have the bid down there to greet you.
3: Oh, you don't know what I can do, Detective. Being this close to the New Vegas gate, thanks to your friend Bunny here, means I can find a quick escape once I'm done with you three. I don't know what kind of recording devices are on that dog, so I guess a quick euthanization will do him just fine.
6: You can shoot me, Joni, but don't kill the boy.
3: Enough! I've had enough of you two! Back against the wall, Detective. Nice and easy.
2: Why? You're just going to blow my brains out, right?
3: Are you trying me, Detective?
2: <clears throat> I said, you're just going to blow my brains out, right? Oh,
3: Right. Wh- who said that?
2: Oh. Just the means to an end.
6: Ah! Go on. Get her gun. Got it. Thank goodness. Whew. Oh, Walter.
2: You're safe, Bunny. You're safe. Did I hit her? Roger, Dusty. She's down. But if you're Radio Humphreys, we might be able to save her. Go ahead and make it. Got it.
6: Come here, Rex. Dad is gonna be okay. He is, right?
2: Don't worry, King. We'll get your dog's leg patched up or er, welded on in no time.
6: Walter, what about Pacer?
2: Let me see. Don't take me straight, detective. Is he dead? You're in luck, Mr. King. The bullet only grazed his head, no blood, but he's knocked out cold. We can get him to the NCR field medics out there.
6: Thank goodness. I ain't no fan of those soldier boys out there, but...
2: If you promise to lower you and your men's aggression toward NCR and Freeside. Why, I... Severely.
6: Why, you... Oh, I see what this is about now. Hmm, <laughs> fine. Only if you fix up my friends here, Detective either
2: of them die, you can forget this fancy little entrance you did. Understood. First, call off your boys and have them stand down for a moment. Don't worry. We'll respect your space. I'm on it. Humphreys, the king agreed to comply. There won't be any shooting tonight in Freeside. Not anymore. So send your medics up here and fix these three up.
6: Good to hear, Walter. I was just beginning to sweat with all these gangsters pointing guns at me. Is it safe to enter for sure?
2: Yes. Call them in. There's no time to waste. And Dusty, good shooting back there. Thank you.
6: I try. Look, you guys. Some soldier boys are about to come in. Do not shoot. I repeat, do not shoot. They're here to help. Keep your guns at your waist and let them through. To think for a moment I trusted her.
2: No need to worry about her now, Bunny. Come on. We're getting out of this building.
6: So you two literally climbed around the gate, leading to the final stretch to the Vegas gate. Saw some of my boys getting ready for the standoff. Only to have yourself dragged through the King's school of impersonation. That's right. By golly, if that isn't one of the craziest stories I've ever heard.
2: We tried getting inside before she and Joan got snatched up by that pacer fella. But the men out front wouldn't let me in. Lucky for me though, he left that back door unlocked.
1: So you wrangled up all those men just for me?
2: We sure did, Bunny. Not only because we care about you, but it'd prevent a lot of bloodshed if the kings didn't harm you. Mr. House could snap his fingers, and all those men would be history, just like that.
6: Heck, I can't wear my uniform out there anymore, either. You could catch a stray bullet just for being NCR in that neck of the woods.
2: Hence, why we brought so many
6: men.
1: But, Walter, the king was talking about some sort of pre-described deal with you, it seemed. What was that even about?
2: Oh, that. Uh, the odds of us beating the King's men in a death match were pretty darn high, but I didn't want a death match at all. So I put a call to Victor over at the Lucky 38 and had him talk to House. Pulled up a little file about how soldiers were being treated on his turf. So I brought it up with the King in order to make sure he didn't try anything fast. I mean, I know he was just at the mercy of a woman who just lost her marbles, but relations between his man and the NCR are pretty hot. So I wanted to prevent a full-on retaliation.
5: And that's why I was posted up atop the Atomic Wrangler with a sniper rifle. Best keep it quick and clean than a full-on massacre.
1: Speaking of which, was Joan's book club really all just a bluff? They all seemed so excited to read. I mean, it was beautiful. Or, well, at least the idea was.
2: Yes, Bunny. The sour truth is that Miss Joan Welton only used her readers' gathering as a front for her backroom deals and racketeering.
1: Hell again, exactly?
2: She was the wife of the late Donnie Welton, rich and lucky gambler of the Ultralox. His wealth was of such a high degree that he even thought about buying a joint. Unfortunately, he was caught using phony tricks on the casino slot machines, coin on the string gags, messing with the gears, etc, etc. And even upon getting kicked out of that place, he continued his cheap tactics at the tops, the Gamora, and even Vault 21 when he had no other place to go. He was doing all this while Joan stayed home and ran his caravan business.
6: I remember that darn caravan, always pumping chems and people by the hundreds. Outer Vegas looked doped out of its mind.
1: Ah, uh, then he came home one day and had to break the news to Joan and was forced to do his dirty work down in Freeside, where they don't take such actions so
2: lightly. Exactly. Exactly. Then, when he lost his rights to the Wrangler, he took to robbing the King's, where he met his demise.
5: After that, she put all her focus on the big man himself, the King. His gang are a bunch of tough cookies, so she gathered all the other high rollers like her to join in the revolt. She had trouble managing her late husband's caravan gig, which was illegal, so they all started getting picked off due to her lack of
6: knowledge. Right. They just so happened to put Walter and Dusty on an investigation involving one of her bullet-riddled caravans. Little did we know that it was one of Joan's.
1: But I don't understand. Why invite me? They knew I was the law out here. It's like letting the enemy come at your doorstep.
2: Oh, but quite the opposite. When Joan Welton got rid of the new cops in town, she took the opportunity attempting to befriend the female of the duo, get into their pocket, and lose the heat.
1: Hmm. Good thing she just invited a trap to her party. No wonder I won that raffle they set up. (laughs) She even mentioned that the money raised from the book club would go to fund some high-ranking mercenary or something of the sort. All to murder the king. Had me think those regulators that came through were part of his merry band. I went through all that to save some insane drug lord? Even shot one of those guys in the
6: leg to protect her. Don't worry, Bunny. My medics say he should be back at his feet in no time. Well,
2: that's good.
5: Walter tells me the Regulators have been scouting Joan's little group meetings for a while now, and took this latest one as a perfect opportunity to pounce.
2: And all those boxes we found behind the various closets and wardrobes in her house were filled to the brim with cans, all meant for the other girls' rackets, as a cut for helping out.
6: Talk about a close call. Y'all thought you may have been dead, Bunny. Well,
1: thank you, everyone. I'm just feeling a little guilty that I risked all of your lives in the process of this. If I had known Joan was really a psychopathic killer in disguise, I'd have taken her down
6: myself.
5: Eh, don't feel guilty. I got to use a sniper rifle for the first time. I didn't have that opportunity in the vault.
6: Oh, don't fret yourself over it, Bunny. Heck, thanks to you, we booked one of the biggest crime lords in the Mojave. And we put the squeeze on anyone but the kings. Ha <laughs> ha.
2: All in a good day for justice, if you ask me.
6: Well, when you put it that way, I guess some good
1: came out
2: of this. Well, come on out with it, Bunny. Why are you still long in the face?
1: Why do you think? It was a good day for you guys, but now I'm out of a book club And I had to show some skin to that dirty old pacer. Wait, what?
4: (laughs) This has been
0: Walter and Money in the Strip. Stand by and stay subscribed for the next five episodes, starting with the Case of the Mutant's Bride. Walter and Money chase a man who's thought to be dead at a crime scene. But will the Powder Gangers allow them to get any further? See what really happened in the next episode of the Strip. In the production you just heard, Walter Camry was impersonated by Eric Huffman, Bunny by Amy Harris, Lieutenant Humphreys, The King, and Pacer by Ken Kanon, Joan Welton and Tessie Meyer by Amber McCready, Dusty by Matthew Schroeder, and Carlton by Josh Bull. The entire production was written and directed by Preston Hardin. The Strip and True Vault Escapades are all productions brought to you by the A-Bomb Radio web Station and Atomic Wolf.
5: Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Micola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show
2: for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, from Soft Lorecast, available everywhere.